everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast, Slime Time. This is one of your hosts, platym 3 And this is your other host, Liam Land. So, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we got to talk about this song that's been stuck in my head since the last podcast. Um, so we did a Marry Thwack Puff Puff with our last guest, Dwayne Bullock, and, uh, and we were choosing, uh, Matt and I were choosing characters from the first three Dragon Warrior games. And at the last minute, we chose Erdrich's mom. And so uh, Platy writes on Twitter, Erdrich's mom has got it going on. And now that's just been stuck in my head for like two days. <laughs> we were in the middle of that podcast when uh, Liam just typed it in our show notes that we have. Yeah, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking of that. I, <laughs> I, I was just like, but then like you, when you tweeted it and, and wrote like, has got it going on, I was like, oh my God, of course. <laughs> no, just... that that had been in my head for twelve hours because you yeah. ty- you typed it in there and you guys were talking about the old Enix forums and I was just I, I hadn't been on there so I was kind of just thinking about it and I'm staring at it staring at it as you typed it and I was like oh yeah we're it's got it going on now. yeah no Erdrick's mom has got it going on <laughs> and, you know, I apologize for the uh, bad pixel art on that one but I actually wanted with that thing i wanted to find like the worst possible graphic of her so <laughs> i think there's only one graphic of... oh well according but, uh, to the images that was I, I took that one and a uh, good old ms painted it out of a larger image so nice. yes yeah, had it going on with that uh really blurry pixelated <laughs> mess <laughs> so okay other than just us two, enough about our Dwayne episode and Eric's mom. But, uh, we got we've got another longtime series fan, uh, Dragons Den regular. We got Sean Pendergast here, uh, aka Pendy. Hey, Pendy. Hello. How's it going? Good. Welcome to the party. And, and uh, all the way from Korea as well. I mean, we should we should note that uh, that Pendy is actually over in Korea right now, uh, recording with us. And we appreciate you um, taking your time at uh, I guess it's uh, eleven thirty a.m. there, <laughs> but it's one thirty p.m. here. Glad we could yeah. make the uh, schedules align so we could uh, we could put this recording together. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to figure it out. I've been been in Korea for three and a half years now. Wow. Yeah, so um, we do have actually we do have a, a two-time travel history together. Um, so you were over in Japan um, in the winter of tw- of like a 2016. That was right before my son was born, uh, and I get a message from you saying you were visiting. Um, so uh, I we basically just planned a DQ mandate and uh, um, toured Square Enix Cafe in Akihabara. Um, you showed me sweet uh, uh, super potato yeah, and a few cool. others. We went to Yodabashi Akiba um, and the Artnia and the Square Enix Cafe, and uh, yeah, it was a blast. Like that was um, probably a first for me in visiting a couple of places, including the um, the Lawson that was DQ themed. Oh, and that place is amazing. Yeah, that was my first. That was actually my first trip to Japan, and ended up being my first trip of three that I've been able to do since uh, being in Korea, which has been nice. Nice. Um, so what else did you do uh, in that trip? You, you, you went to Luida's bar and everything and 
Yeah, that's uh, Luida's Bar. That was definitely a highlight of my first trip because that place is amazing with the the DQ decor and the food and the drinks and it's it's a an amazing place to go to. Like if you're going to Tokyo, that has to be one of your priorities if you want to see something Dragon Quest themed. Is going to that bar. It's great. I didn't get to go to it my last trip because the of the movie being out and it being so popular. Well, not the movie being popular, but but <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to that. that. But uh, yeah, they. Uh, I wasn't able to go the, the third time I was in Tokyo, but the second time, I mean, the first two times I got to see it, and it was great. So it's a very good great. place. Yeah, we're looking forward to talking about your uh, your more recent trip um, uh, in a bit. Um, the second time uh, that that you and I met up was actually in Korea. So at that point, my son was uh, was born, and uh, I'm in Japan as a visitor. Um, so about three months in, I have to visa hop, uh, to extend my visitor visa. Um, so, uh, I visa hopped over to Seoul and met up with, um, a couple of people actually I met up with, with you, uh, n- cosplayer, Nani Sore and, uh, um, and Wessie actually was there as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really cool trip. Um, so Pendy actually, um, came and split a hotel with me and we got beers and, and uh, what, you brought your PS3, right? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. I just, I remember playing like Scott, Scott Pilgrim and, um, maybe what is it? World, uh, what was the fighting game that you had? Uh, probably maybe street fight or something. Oh, all right. Into. I thought it was King of Fighters, but it might have been wrong. Um, so yeah, then we did some touring around um, around Seoul the the very next day, and uh, yeah, it, it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> um, there were there were two uh, random encounters with um, some uh, like some Korean guys where I, I got my ass grabbed. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, you were for some reason the the older gentlemen in Korea were really attracted to you. <laughs> started hitting on him all the time, and I were like, okay. I, the first time it was right outside the war memorial, and uh, yeah. and, I, and there was like a bunch of guys I thought maybe they were drunk, <laughs> and and one of the guys just came up and was like laughing and like and just like talking to me and like and it was like flirtatious, but it was also like he, they seemed kind of like maybe they were drunk and just wanted to mess with some foreigners. But the second guy was definitely like, Oh, I need to get a picture with you. <laughs> like that, at that point, um, Joanna, um, uh, Nani Sore was like, yeah, this is weird. Cause uh, you know, she's Korean and she, she was listening to him speak in Korean. She's like, yeah, this is weird. We should go. <laughs> she knew what was going on. And she was like, yeah, even for Korea, this is like a little weird, but he was fast. Yeah. He was fast. He was like, he was like six, he was like 70, 80 years old. There's old guy, old dude. <laughs> Dirty old Korean guys. Well, I mean, it's, it's nice to be noticed. <laughs> it's, you know, can't make a, you know, I was pushing I 40. Know. I was pushing 40 at the time. It's, it's, it's nice to, uh, you know, still got it and all that. Maybe. I don't know what <laughs> movement you just set back 20 years, but I'm sure there's one out there that you just nailed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, that trip, that trip uh, was nice because it even became dragon quest themed at one point. And, uh, 
our uh, cosplayer friend was also really into Dragon Quest, which happened to be a, a nice coincidence. But I remember when we went up to the Namsan Tower. I think that's what it's called. I, I could the, oh, the, like the, the yeah, the tower. tower. Right, right, right. Yeah, the it's tower. Like, yeah, the iconic tower that's that's in Seoul, and we yep. uh, were we were supposed to get a bus that went all the way to the top, but that didn't work out, and we were like, oh, let's just let's just walk up there. It'll be fine. It won't be that oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. The steps of forever, and we're walking <laughs> up stairs and going and going and going, and then I forget was it you, Liam? That was that. Yeah, broke out I had the iPad. Quest. Yeah, yeah. So we had the the Dragon Quest uh, world. Uh, Field, field music going on as we're, we're trekking up the hill. So we. <laughs> yeah, I had the orchestral soundtrack and I was playing like the, the walking theme when like from, I think from, it was just like, oh, you know, it's like the, the medley where it's all the walking themes together. So it's the three of us walking up the hill and all of a sudden, uh, I, I think, I think uh, Nani, uh, Nani Sore was, it was ahead and then Pendy and then I'm in the back and then the, you know, chapter two theme comes on and I'm like, oh shit, I'm old man Boria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bray. <laughs> Which we should point out was in Dragon Quest four, not Dragon Quest two, as no, I said. said. <laughs> oh, that's oh, a chapter two, I think. Oh, chapter two. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. That's okay. I'm just spinning the slots here endlessly in Dragon Quest 11 as we're talking tonight. Nice. <laughs> Are you really? Are you, you're in the casino oh, right I... now? Oh yeah. <laughs> That, that's me. That's about to... the limit of my mental power to multitask. Yeah, I yeah. Simply press a button, which is yeah. great because you already played the PS4 button uh, version, so then you know that everything you're doing in the casino right now, you've already done. Exactly. But you haven't done it in the definitive edition, so you have. You know, it's you got to do it twice. I haven't okay. done it two D. So you know about the monster casino too, because that's always oh. fun when someone brags about that and like, oh, if only you knew. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Um, I was yeah we we kind of spoiled that for someone last night. I was uh chatting on Discord with some people from RP Gamer, and we kind of didn't mention it at first for one person, and then somebody else kind of came on and brought it up, and it was like, oops, yeah. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So you were you were in Japan again, um, uh, recently, probably uh, back in what. I guess August for for the movie premiere, uh, Dragon Quest Your Story, and if we could talk a, a, about this as spoiler free, because um, again, like there was, I know that there was something that happens uh, in the movie that uh, really did not resonate with fans, like to to a point where, like, if the Japanese audience hates it, or you know, at that point, we're like, uh oh, that's yeah. definitely probably not going to make it over here. But yeah. uh, device device of moment moment. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if we could, I, I, I've been spoiler free on this cause I really do want to see it, um, via, you know, like whenever it gets released, um, uh, I'd love to see it, in, you know, even if it's only a Japan release. Um, uh, but you know, as spoiler free, can we talk about why it, it got poor reviews in your opinion? Sure. Yeah. I can keep it spoiler free. I will try my best, but it was, so I, wa I watched the movie, and it was a really great experience. And it keeps the movie keeps to the game pretty well. I mean, they had to cut some things and and modify some things to keep it, you know, a two hour movie instead of like a twenty hour movie. But mm -hmm. the, for the most part, they kept it pretty faithful to how how the game is. And except for this one point, like right near the end of the movie, 
like everything's going the way you think it would go according to the game and then uh-huh. just thing really radical happens where like oh it's not this it's actually this and they go through this whole thing and uh then the movie the the plot gets resolved this one way which i can't go into uh-huh. but the moment where they they changed everything into something really different that's where the fans were like what is this i don't i can't i can't does not compute yeah. i can't handle this it was something that and i can i understand why like even even uh even i was like what is going on and what was what was nice is that like i don't know any japanese i know a few phrases and that's it but i was gonna i'm gonna watch the movie anyways i know the game uh, backwards and forwards so i'm still going to enjoy it even though i don't know what they're saying but i do know what they're saying because i played the game so once they get to that point in the movie where they change everything, I, I'm 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 lost. I'm clueless. I can only look at the visual cues. So I I still got the gist of what happened, but I can see why people. And I I researched it later, like what actually did happen. But mm-hmm. I can see why people get really mad about what they did to it because they they changed something that was really followed the game into something entirely else. And yeah, people got really mad about it. And okay. I, I think, I think that's why the movie didn't do so well in the, the theaters over there either. Okay. Wow. So I have a question. Could you tell from the audience at that point that, oh, the audience isn't really liking this? Uh, not not too well because I went to, uh, because of my schedule, I went to a very early morning showing of it. So there wasn't a lot of people in the theater. Uh, okay. But I did, I did hear a couple of audible cues of that seemed like they were like, what is this? And I and even I was I had like an audible gasp. I was like, "What?" There's a couple of Nani the fucks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that I, I I would be I would actually not be surprised if there was no reaction, like no audible reaction. Yeah. Um, because I went to, I, I I saw Rogue One for the mm-hmm. second time in Japan. Like I saw it once in in the U.S. and then again with my wife. Uh, and um, it was like, you know, we're in the U S you know, a- Alan Tudyk, um, as the voice of, uh, uh, the droid, I did yeah. blank in on it, but he's, uh, he's like the obnoxious droid in that movie. Um, K K two one SO, I think, um, and something like that. And, uh, he's got some of the best lines in the whole movie and they're hilarious, but they don't translate well when it's subtitled. In Japanese, so like a lot of that kind of nuanced acting is just com- completely lost. Um, I, but in addition to that, in general, like Japanese audiences, when you're in a, in a movie, at least in my experience, uh, have been, you know, for the most part, just paying attention to the movie and enjoying it for what it is, without you know, like clapping and uh, like hooting and hollering like we do. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that the Japanese audiences can tend to be a lot more quiet when it comes to movies and things like that. So yeah, you're not going to get the you're not going to get the same kind of loud reactions that you might get in the states over something like that. Right, right. Yeah, we're like the same on planes too. I don't I don't think we get a lot of clapping on when we fly Jal or Anna, but I think <laughs> if you go, you know, any any other airline, especially Aer Lingus, you know, they're they're round of applause and standing ovation and all that. <laughs> but besides besides that it was it was still uh, a wonderful experience to see a dragon quest movie in the theater and to see all of that come to life like it did 
And um, after the weird ending, the, to see the credits roll and to hear the Dragon Quest music, and it was a, a very, a very good experience. And they used all the music throughout the movie as well. They didn't. I don't think they used anything original. I think they uh, used nothing but the Dragon Quest V soundtrack, as far as I oh, know. Oh wow! So oh, that's that, awesome. That was amazing. So besides the really, really weird ending, like uh-huh. it was a great experience. Wow. So it was all it was all orchestral, right? They didn't pull out the MIDI for that one. Yes, yes, it was. Okay, <laughs> just checking. <laughs> the controversial MIDI versus orchestral stuff that we're dealing with now, yeah. Yeah, oh, right, right. How was the? Because uh, the art direction wasn't Toriyama. How did it look? So I know a lot of people give a crap for it, kind of looking like uh, How to Train Your Dragon type type mm-hmm. style, which yeah. it, it does to a certain extent. But I, I thought it was really good. Like, I love Toriyama. Like, I would never want him to be replaced on the main series. I would, I, I don't know if I could handle it. But for, <laughs> for just in a movie, I mean, it was, it was, it was cool. I mean, it was a, it was a very interesting style. Um, it, I think it translated pretty well, and it was, it was fun to watch. Hmm. Do you think that they actually did that um, to appeal to more Western audiences? See, I'm not, I'm not sure because. I thought maybe at first that's why they did that, but the movie is kind of, um, even the weird ending is kind of supposed to be like a love letter to Dragon Quest fans. So mm. I don't know, maybe I have to see it in English first, but I don't know if it's the kind of movie that I would I would actually recommend to uh, someone who's not a Dragon Quest fan, because I think it's right. very specific to the game and to the fans to a certain extent, which you'll, mm-hmm. which you'll see when you, you see the movie. Is there so grinding I, in it? <laughs> there is there actually is but it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, montage. a montage oh no 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 montage grinding i need i need i need a good like four hours of just you know killing slimes maybe that'll be in the the blu-ray release okay. <laughs> deleted scenes 40 hours of deleted scenes yeah. exactly. the hours. peter jackson special edition or whatever <laughs> extended edition there's nothing but fighting monsters, hunting those those king metal slimes and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah so what else did uh, what else did you do while you were in Japan? So yeah, this was was my last opportunity to go to Japan and do a lot of Dragon Quest themed things, uh, among other uh, Japanese uh, stuff that I'm into before I go back to America. Because I'm moving back to America here in the end of this month, so I, I took full advantage of it and um, I went to Artnia again, which is a wonderful. Dragon Quest, well, it's a Square Enix store, but it has a lot of Dragon Quest uh, merchandise in there. And there's also a small cafe where you can get Dragon Quest-themed pancakes and lattes and things like that. I went to the Square Enix cafe, um, which was, was all, has some good Dragon Quest uh, merchandise as well, and, and did some, uh, did eight at their cafe. Though at the time, that was like Final, Fan- Final Fantasy 14 themed, so it was mostly Final Fantasy food, which is okay. I'm an old mm-hmm. school fantasy fan, not not necessarily new school. Um, You're here. Uh, I also got to see the uh, the Dragon Quest uh, virtual reality game. They have oh, a yeah. they have a virtual reality theme park, which is mm-hmm. based off of anime and video game titles. Like they have a Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, game. They have Mario Kart, Gundam, uh, Godzilla, things like that. But they they're they're crowning uh, a jewel of the park right now is the Dragon Quest game and it's actually uh you have to pay for it separately it's it's pretty expensive but 
is worth it. It's a lot of fun. I ended up, you can do it with a party of four, and I ended up uh, playing with a, a Japanese family, a, a, a father and two sons, and you get into, they put all this gear on you, you get a helmet and backpack and all this other stuff, and they, they give you the weapon that you're going to pretend to use, and they put mm-hmm. you in a room, and uh, you battle you battle enemies, and someone, you choose like who's going to be what class, because you got two fighters and a mage, and and a cleric and all that and it's a lot of fun um and i was what i was surprised about and this is not just dragon quest but the other games in the park is that they actually have english language options so like all the voice acting for me i got to hear it in english they had an english script as well as the japanese script yeah i actually nice. forgot about that yeah so they're cool yeah yeah because i did the dqvr too i forgot it wasn't yeah i forgot it was in english yeah I don't know why I forgot that, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, when I, when I went to it, I think I, I went to it last, uh, November maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, so my wife didn't come with me on this one. So she went to Dragon Quest the Real with me in Osaka, which is kind of similar, but it had some, um, kind of like animatronic, uh, monsters in it. Con- yeah. like a combination between animatronic and uh um vr uh but yeah the D- the dq vr uh i went in alone there was no <laughs> i didn't have a japanese family with me so they gave me a staff priest so like uh i had a young lady who uh was on staff at the vr just to be my priest and, and everything and uh it was cool i got all the way up to the zoma fight and then i i think i ended up dying yeah me and- too, me too. Like so, the the uh, the sons were especially the younger one was didn't really know what they were doing. So <laughs> we were we we tried, we tried our best, and we we got to that point as well. But but we ended up losing. I do like how that that whole Zoma thing comes about, though. Like you think it's one thing, and like oh surprise, and and, there, and here's your because you get someone that ends up helping you out in that fight. I won't say who, but it's, uh, I actually don't really remember. <laughs> Yeah, because like, Zoma appears and he kills you, and then you think, "Well, oh, what the hell? That was that was short." Oh then, yeah, I do remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. Revived, and then like this person comes in, and you're like, "Oh, he's here to help us. That's awesome!" Nice. And then you fight him. Cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, so what else did you do um, in Tokyo? You mentioned Artnia. Um, did you get? Did you see any cool merch while you were in Artnia? Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. There's like they have the. There's the Metal Monster series that they've been doing for quite a while, which is always always fun. I think I picked up, I picked up um, the oh, what is the name of the boss? Oh, I I feel like I'm a horrible Dragon Quest fan now, but the the name of the Hydra boss in uh, Dragon Quest Three, I picked up his Metal Monster form. Uh, Orochi. Orochi, yeah, I picked up him. Yeah. Um, they had they have some cool, cool uh, shirts and uh, plushies and. Uh, they even have like this, a bunch of soundtracks and all sorts of good stuff that's that's there. Um, I also picked up one of the weird weirder things I picked up is uh, I don't know if I picked it up there or the Dragon Quest themed Lawson store that's in Akihabara. But I picked up a metal slime uh, cooking apron. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's gray with like a little slime face in the in the the front. Now I have a question. Do you wear cooking aprons? Uh, when I'm cook certain things i do <laughs> okay so it is it is practical uh, as well plus the metal uh, slime apron will help you run away if you know it catches fire or something <laughs> exactly 
Oh, the and building burns down, but Penny yeah. got. Well, I don't even have to run away. I'll, I'll have uh, I'll have that defense. I'll be immune to fire attacks. So I'll ah, touche. <laughs> as long as the chicken have metal slash, I'm I'm good to go. <laughs> nice. I ask because I feel bad. I feel like my mother-in-law has made me two or three, and even like matching ones for my oldest son, um, cooking aprons or whatever. And I never cook with an apron on. I'm always like, eh, it's it, it's one extra step that I just don't ever do. If <laughs> something splatters on me, it does. Whatever. I mean, I'm usually not cooking in a shirt and tie, so uh, <laughs> and so I I feel bad. They're all sitting in the the closet unused and like i feel like every other year i get a new one i'm like hey thank you so much <laughs> i'll never wear unfortunately but yeah i picked up uh i picked up some figures as well oh oh one thing i forgot to add about the movie mm-hmm. so i didn't realize this until i got to the movie theater but in japan when you go to a movie theater every movie that's showing is going to have some kind of merchandise for sale in the lobby they have this this one section set up and it's all merchandise and it doesn't matter what movie is out there like they'll have merchandise for it like they had uh, at that time Hobbs and Shaw was uh was premiering that weekend as well that Fast and the Furious movie they had merchandise for that movie too oh wow so, yeah i remember like seeing it, like Hobbs and Shaw i think did better than the DQ movie yeah. and i was like oh man something's wrong <laughs> something's <laughs> definitely wrong <laughs> But I picked up some merchandise for the Dragon Quest V movie. I picked up some figures. They had a, a really nice guidebook that had an interview from Yuji Horii and and kind of a history of the games of Dragon Quest V and all the different versions they've had out there for it and things like that. Um, uh, also, I ended up getting the Dragon Quest XI uh, definitive, definitive edition uh, guidebook that they they brought out for it like twice because I gave that as like a bonus gift at uh, Artnia when I picked up some merchandise and also the concert that I went to as well. They, they gave that away. They, they made this nice little intro book where it kind of gave you an overview of what the game is like, what the game mechanics are, the characters, and it had like a bonus manga about uh, Eric that they're doing. And so that was really cool to, to be able to get that. Nice. Um, oh, so I you th- mentioned the... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you mentioned the, the DQ uh, concert. Um, do you want to tell us about that? Oh, definitely. So that was probably the 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 the, the finale of my my trip. Of the big thing that I really wanted to do besides the movie was to go. I want. I've always wanted to see a uh, Dragon Quest concert live because that's a big thing in Japan. All throughout the year, they do multiple concerts for multiple Dragon Quest games, medleys. Sometimes they do one one just one game per concert, or they do multiple games or whatever. Um, but Koichi Sujiyama, who's pushing like 88, 89 years old now, he doesn't uh, conduct a lot of them. He maybe comes out for maybe a few of them a year, maybe once a year or something like that, where he'll mm. actually be the conductor of the, the symphony that plays the music. And so I was lucky enough to time it where the Dragon Quest V movie was coming out. And in the same week, Ko- Koichi Sujiyama was conducting a Dragon Quest concert in Tokyo with the I think it was with the Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra and I got to go see that um I had a friend that lives in Japan that that went and saw it with me and it was uh, it was I can't describe how much of an amazing experience it was to be in a concert hall and to hear Dragon Quest music in that format uh the the concert was uh based off of Dragon Quest 3 so they did the entire 
Dragon Quest III soundtrack. Um, but after they were done with that, um, they did an encore where they did a medley of music from other Dragon Quest games, including the... Uh, so when they did the Dragon Quest theme, they did the original theme from Dragon Quest III. But as you know, as the games progressed, they progressed the theme as well and added little bits and, and, and to it and made it longer and did little flourishes and stuff. And so at the end, they did the the modern Dragon Quest theme that came out with Eleven, and then they did music from other games, and it was just an amazing experience. And as we were talking about before, Japanese crowds can be kind of quiet, and especially for this orchestra, like, you know, we had polite clapping and all that. But kind of towards the end, when they were getting into some really good stuff, like the every time they were done with a piece, like the crowd just audibly, like, yelled. They are like, rah! They were just so into it. And it was it was really cool. And Koichi Sujiyama, like during the performance, he would take a break and he would talk to the audience a little bit. Had no idea what he was saying, but it was it was still pretty pretty cool to to be in that experience and and listen to that music that way. It was I got a, I have to admit I got a little emotional. Um, <laughs> I'm like I've I've been into Dragon Quest for a long time since Dragon Warrior One for the NES, and uh, to, to to experience that was was something else. That's a, yeah, that's nice. amazing. I actually, uh, my wife and I got to see him. Now, did did he conduct the full show? Uh, because when I when I my wife and I saw him in Shiz- in Shizuoka, um, he he was just kind of there as a guest, and yeah. he came up and did he did he conducted a, a few songs, but not uh, he conducted about like maybe three songs, and then um, and like waved to the audience and went back to his seat. Yeah, he'll, he'll do that sometimes. But this was a performance where he conducted the entire. Uh, oh, that set. must have been amazing, huh? Oh, it was. So that was so uh, awesome. That was yeah, that was amazing. I couldn't, I can't describe how awesome that was to be able to do that. It was a, a lifelong dream of mine to, and I was able to to do that. So I'm I'm very thankful and appreciative that I was able to get the opportunity to go see that show. That sounds and, awesome. And Liam, I actually, uh, I got to thank you about that too because. Uh, I needed someone <laughs> who's Japanese native to be able to get me uh, those tickets, and you hooked me up so that that your yeah. wife was up. So yeah. thank you. that's all. That's all, Tomoko. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely I'll extend your thanks to her. Um, but yeah, he uh, she she really uh, helped out um, with get, with getting that. I'm I'm glad that that we were able to do that for you. Yeah, it's, uh, thank you so much for that. Because a lot of things I can you can figure out yourself and, and get yourself as a, as a as a foreigner but that was not one of those that was not one of those deals so uh, yeah so thank you yeah i think it was even confusing for like she and i were looking at it together and i was trying to google translate it and uh, we eventually got it uh worked out but um even the website itself was confusing so like you're trying to translate japanese to english but also understand like there's the the website was like kind of wonky as well but um anyway so uh what was your favorite thing to do in japan oh out of everything probably the the concert um that was probably the the best dragon quest experience that i've I've had there though i would say a, a close second of of all my trips to japan um i would say the the movie even with the weird ending was an amazing experience <laughs> And uh, the VR the VR game was really cool, but I actually I think I liked the the game that they did in uh, Universal Studios a little bit more because I, oh, yeah? I got to go to, uh, on my second trip and I did okay. get to do the Dragon Quest experience. Dragon Quest the real right yeah I yeah did that, I did that twice I got in line twice for that 
Nice. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, that That was the one where um, uh, I was a gladiator and my wife Tomoko was a uh, sage. And yeah. we had a lot of, we did have a lot of fun with that one, but I, I there's something about the VR just put me in the game so much more because oh, all the graphics were, were Dragon Quest were like a modern uh, Dragon Quest game, you know, and just the, the threat you got like it, it, the this monsters are coming at you from multiple sides. So you have to like turn around to make sure you're not getting attacked at the back, you know, like it's that type of that, that was happening in the VR. Um, it was just like a really 360 immersion type um, type thing. And, and, and I was actually winded <laughs> slashing <laughs> after the, after the first battle, which was just slimes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what was it about the, uh, the reel that, uh, at Universal that, that you, um, enjoyed, the, uh, the most? I think it was just the experience, the atmosphere that, that game, I don't know. It was really exciting. People that, that did the, uh, that ran the game, they were, they really got you into it and got you hyped up and, uh, it was very exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah. The animatronic stuff was, uh, um put makes it gives it a more real feeling like i guess that's the the contrast there is like if you're in the game versus like the the reality of seeing uh you know a killing machine um they, i think that was the one one of the ones that was animatronic that i remember and like it was like right moving it was moving around as you're attacking it and it's like uh and there's lights and flashing and everything um as it's attacking you back so yeah, that was that was definitely a, a cool experience as well. Yeah. Oh, and then and then Ludus. There's just so many Dragon Quest things in Tokyo, but Ludus Bar is definitely up there too. It's just uh, the atmosphere of that place is amazing as well. And the, yeah, the staff are are uh, very friendly. Uh, even if you know if you don't know any Japanese, like they're very accommodating. So that was that was also very nice. Yeah, that does like we're we're basically describing um, the you know the the ideal um, vacation for uh, any DQ fan who's planning on uh, you know Western DQ fan who's planning on going to Japan um, definitely hit up like Artnia and the Square Enix Cafe and uh, uh, Luida's Bar and DQVR. Um, I think DQVR may have moved, but uh, but it's is it still in Shinjuku? Uh, Shinjuku? No, it moved to Ikebukuro. Okay. The whole park moved there. I don't. I, I don't know why it had to close down, uh, but they reopened it thankfully. And because I I, th- I didn't think I was going to be able to do the game because I read that the park was closed and I didn't see that it had reopened. In fact, it was. I was lucky that I got to do it at all because it was total coincidence. I was at. Uh, I went to Diver City Mall where they have the life size Gundam statue. Yeah. And the big Gundam store, and I was in the Gundam store buying something. And I just happened to see an ad for the park in Ikibukuro. I was like, oh, my God, it's still here. And that's, I ended up, that's fate right there. I found it. I found it. And uh, I just by luck, I was able to uh, find the park and still be able to play the game. Yeah, that's the goddess, you know, shining, shining light down upon you so that you could. <laughs> Fortune shines upon thee, brave warrior. Yeah. <laughs> Thou hast found the park. Thou hast found the park. <laughs> well that's pretty cool hey we can use this as a segue i know you kind of mentioned it a little bit ago but uh how did you find dragon quest how did you get into dragon quest uh, initially again, years ago again that was uh luck as well uh my parents were kind enough to get me uh nes 
And one of the games that they got for me with the system was uh, Dragon Warrior 1. And I played the game. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, it didn't. I wouldn't say that was the game that actually got me into the series. It was when uh, a neighbor friend of mine actually got Dragon Warrior 2. And I saw them playing it. And I was like, oh, this looks, this looks even more amazing. And I, I ended up borrowing the game from them. And I played that. And that's what really hooked me into the series. I know that sounds kind of funny because of the way some fans treat that game these days. But back then, it was an, something that was new, amazing. For me, it still is. But that's what really got me into the series. Like at, Once I got through all the quests for Dragon Warrior 2, I was like, I, have to, I need more. This is awesome. And when Dragon Warrior 3 came out and Dragon Warrior 4 came out on the NES, I scrimped and saved and, and did lemonade stands as a kid and, and saved all my money to try and get those two and got those two games myself. And like I was it was fell in love with the series with those games. Nice. Nice. So you fell in love with the series. Mm-hmm. You've through the years had quite a bit of involvement online with the Dragon Quest community. Um, I know we were talking earlier off the air. You've got your name on a couple different credits for fan translations. Uh, Right now, you're one of the admins, not only for my little turn-based group, but the uh, more on point here, the Dragon Questers Facebook group. And you used to own a website. Tell us about all the different things you've done. So it was very interesting. So I went to started college in 1998 and at that point in time i I had no idea what what had happened to dragon quest because we missed everything during the super nintendo era and had i really Mm -hmm. had no idea what happened to it i remember a friend of mine had a nintendo power that had a preview for dragon quest 5 and that's the last i heard of it and didn't know what happened so when i went to college that was the first time i really got online my roommate had a nice computer and we had a nice internet connection that the college provided and that's when I discovered the Dragon's Den and then discovered what happened to all the Dragon Quest games. And I was, that was so sad. And then I discovered, discovered the ROM scene where it's like they had all these uh, projects where people were trying to translate the games and, and things like that. And there's this one guy that had this website called the Dragon Quest News Network or, or Dragon Warrior News Network. I can't remember what it was named at first. Um, but he had to give it up because it, it was actually Neil, one of the guys that did one of the uh, Dragon Quest V translation patches. And he was like, hey, I don't have time for this website anymore. I need someone to take it over. And so I volunteered and I ended up uh, taking over the Dragon Quest News Network website. And it was a website that was all about like bringing people the latest news about Dragon Quest, whatever, where, whether it be games, concerts, whatever I could find online. And uh, I also had my friend Edwin that ended up uh, he had his own little server that we ended up putting the website on, uh, ran it from there. So I did that for a, a few years. Um, life kind of got in the way and I got too busy and kind of had to give that up. Um, but uh, yeah, that was I had a heavy involvement with that for a long time. And, and also the two, there was two uh, different translation patches that I had, uh, had helped with. I'm in the credits for the, the Bayou. There's two different translation patches for the... Super Famicom Dragon Quest V game. There's one that Partial Translations did, a group uh, with Neil in it that did that one. And then there's another guy, Bayou, that did his patch of it, which is, I guess, more of a literal translation of the game. But I helped him when it came to getting the word out and finding help for the patch and things of that nature. So I'm in the credits for that. And then also this person uh, who went by RPG Chris, um, 
who for the uh, I think the group was called RPG One was a translation group, and they did a translation of the Super Famicom Dragon Quest One and Two remake. And I helped him with recruiting help and and putting the word out for that. So I'm in the tra- in the uh, credits for that patch as well. That RPG Chris was such a great guy too. He was one of the friendliest people I had met in that ROM scene with all the the hackers and people that were involved in that. But unfortunately, I think he he uh, passed away about maybe eight years ago or something like that. It was a it was a it was sad to see him go because he was such a, a like a a shining light in the community of, of, uh, of that community of ROM hackers or that kind of stuff. I, I got a question for you and Liam, we didn't have this in the notes, but so you were involved with some of those ROM hacks and translations. Were those people that just really loved the Dragon Quest series as a whole, or was it people that were like, Oh, here's a game that we are kind of interested in. Had they played other ones before or. Yeah. All the people that since... I ever contact with, with that were involved with Dragon Quest translations were people that mm-hmm. were big fans of the series. Like Neil, who was one of the, the the figures that was most involved with getting the Dragon Quest V translated, he was a huge fan. I think, I'm pretty sure Bayou was a pretty big fan. Uh, RPG Chris was definitely a huge fan of the Dragon Quest series. It was usually people that like had a, a love for those games and wanted to uh, have other people be able to play it in English. That's usually what it was. Because it was just yeah, something... They did, it, they did it on their own time, and it was just something they did as a hobby, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we interviewed um, some of the translators and people who brought us, uh, just last month, the Slime Mori Mori 3. And I know Liam and I were a little surprised that they weren't huge Dragon Quest fans as okay. much as they were huge fans of the Slime Mori Mori game. Oh, they were that's just like, Yeah, oh my god, we, we played this game, we loved this game, we loved the gameplay, and they spent... Gosh, Liam, what was it? Five years, almost, or was it three years working on that? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was three or more. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we should listen to our own podcasts more. Uh, you know, <laughs> somewhere that information's out there. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it, it was great that you know that they weren't big into the whole Dragon Quest scene, but they loved that game, and because of that love for that game, we all got it. Or, I mean, at least I have. I don't know. <laughs> don't know many others that have played it yet, but that their beta release of the translation was good enough for me to get through. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's amazing how that happens with some of the side series. Like, you have a lot of people that get into Dragon Quest, like, for example, through Dragon Quest Builders. They've never played a Dragon Quest game before, but they start with Builders, and that's kind of like their entry into the series. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about this a little on the last two uh, podcasts as well, but um, emulation, while it is illegal and and, um, and the, I think technically the fan translations are, are also, um, you, they helped to kind of jumpstart my, uh, the, the revival of, my, of, of me as a Dragon Quest fan, because had I not... Uh, seen an ad for Dragon Warrior 7 and said like oh I've got to play 5 and 6 now and let me research how to do that um, and then found out about this whole scene I'd never even heard of emulation before um, that uh, I, I don't know if I would have um, if I would have been as strong a fan had I just jumped from 4 to 7 um, yeah. because the, there really is a, a, a natural kind of progression to the build of these games and, and how, um, you know, 
each one is doing something that the previous one did and didn't do um, in some form or another. Um, but, but with emulation and everything like that, that definitely helped to um, springboard or, or to, to revive my, uh, my fandom and, and, uh, and allow me to like pump so much more money into, um, <laughs> into these games. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. I think I've said that maybe twice in the last two podcasts. <laughs> but that's definitely true though. Like I, to get those translation patches and to play Dragon Quest games again, that was that really got me back into it as well. I mean, not just being able to go to all the, the fan websites, but to actually play the games that we missed. I mean, that was amazing, and that that helped me get back into it. And then that that was great how uh, Enix of America was able to come back, and then we were able to get Dragon Quest games again. So yes, that was back when I was still doing the uh, the Dragon Quest News Network with Edwin, and uh, Enix of America had came back to America and had started releasing Dragon Quest games again, still underneath the Dragon Warrior name because of that whole copyright copyright issue. But we uh, we were in contact with the PR guy because the PR guy was really good about uh, keeping in contact with the different people who did fan websites to kind of get us involved and help, uh, help get the word out about how Dragon Quest was back and things of that nature. But... He was uh, kind enough to uh, get free E3 passes to me and the guy that ran uh, the Dragon Quest News Network website and uh, passes to Dustin and Dwayne from the Dragon Quest Shrine at the time. And the four of us all made a trip out to Los Angeles to go see E3, which I I still think it's this way, but maybe not. But at the time, only uh, people from the press and the gaming industry could go to this. So the fact that we were able to get passes to it was amazing. So uh, I drove there because I was living in New Mexico at the time, and everyone else flew in. And we all met up, and we got to go to E3, which is an amazing experience by itself. We got we went to the Enix of America booth, and they had a huge slime uh, creature above their stand, and it was really cool setup. And I got to do uh, an interview uh, with their PR guy about the Dragon Quest series and where it was going and how dragon warrior seven did and things of that nature so it was a really fun experience it was great i was really lucky to be able to be a part of that that's really cool so uh i think we've uh pretty much covered a lot of what you've done online throughout the years mm-hmm. so uh looking back at the series as a whole what would you say your favorite game has been whole series so i don't have one in particular is pretty much a tie between Dragon Quest IV, Dragon Quest Eight, and Dragon Quest XI. Uh, those, I can't really choose between those three, like which one is my favorite. But those three together, those are my favorite. And I, I think a big reason of why uh, they are in my top three is because of the characters that come out of those particular games. The characters in those games are tremendous. The four, eight, and eleven. They're amazing and fun and sometimes hilarious characters that come out of this game. <laughs> uh, they do have characters in all of those and I mean I we said it I think the first episode when Liam and I was talking, I, I could easily say any of those three on any given time. Like if we're talking old school, definitely four was the best and uh eight obviously was when that came out, that was definitely my favorite and eat I'm sitting here playing Dragon Quest XI right now, just doing double or nothing now in the uh, <laughs> in the poker 
series in the poker game in the casino. But yes, I would say right now that is out of the last 15 years. It it, it maybe has supplanted eight for me, but overall, I could probably say that's my favorite. But like you, there's different games with different mechanics that all have different nostalgia factors, and mm-hmm. that was great for that reason. So excellent. Are there any games in the series that um, you haven't gotten to that you want to? Or are there any games in the series that you've kind of skipped over because you're like, I I know I'm not that kind of game mechanic. Don't like that anyway. So uh, I I know this might be kind of sacrilege, but I never really got into the monster series that much. Like I played the first one and got through it all the way, but then I just fell off after that. uh, Monster feeding was never really... My thing never got into Pokemon or anything like that. I, I know it's different, but uh, yeah, monsters just never uh, appealed to me that much. I did get into Dragon Quest Monsters Super Light, which was an Android game that uh, was Japan only, and then they released a version of it for the Southeast Asian region, which also includes Australia. So that was also in English. So I did play a lot of that, but because it was different, it was easier mechanics. It was it was more casual. Um, but, uh, unfortunately that didn't last very long. So I, uh, had to quit playing that since it kind of died. <laughs> yeah. Did, did that even get updated past its initial release? It did a little bit, but not, not very much. Um, there was so much more, uh, areas and mechanics and monsters that are in the Japanese version, which is still going today. Um, but, uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it only lasted maybe like six months or something like that. It was very short. Yeah, I remember really? I did about two months of it, and it was like level 13-2 or whatever, or 13-6 or something like that. It never went beyond that, and I don't play mobile games anyway, so the fact that I lasted about two months on that was <laughs> a testament <laughs> to how much I really did enjoy it. Well, and, that, and that reminds me that I'm super excited for Dragon Quest of the Stars coming out in English. That is gonna, that's, that's great. I, I've seen people play that game, and uh, that's I'm going to probably spend way too much money uh, getting <laughs> that game once that comes out in English. Uh, beginning of next year, I think, is when they said it's coming out. Yeah, 2020, so uh, that should be fun. I, I have a Japanese, or not Japanese, I have a Canadian Google account all set up. We'll see if it actually works. The VPNs work for this. I got the VPN on my computer at home. Got the VPN on my uh, phone. We'll see if... Uh, I can actually swing playing the uh, demo, but if not, no big deal. I'll uh, I'll play it when it comes out over here. So probably the the next way for you to level up, Platty, would be like you're 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 on a Dragon Quest podcast talking about Dragon Quest. In one hand is your uh, <laughs> Switch controller playing the casino in Dragon Quest Eleven, and the other hand is uh, your mobile phone playing. Dragon Quest of the Stars. That that Maybe. might be a little bit too much for my brain to process, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> now just just spin in the slots that takes absolutely no brain power that's fine i think you might become like a dragon quest uh dragon quest god at that point if you're doing all that at once <laughs> uh, that much. but no I, as a matter of fact i was actually thinking the other day i'm like you know what i never did get rid of my last android phone so i've got the galaxy 9 right now and i never did get rid of my 7 i did a factory reset on it i'm like wow i could just turn that on um, on my Wi-Fi and just sign into that initially with my Canadian account. So we'll see. Nice. Nice. So uh, are there any games that you, you didn't get to that, or have you played pretty much everything that you think you'd be interested in so far for Dragon Quest? 
Well, I haven't gotten into the uh, Builders games yet. I have, I have them. I bought them, but I just haven't gotten around to being able to play them yet. So I have played the Hero series. That that series is amazing. I, I really love that. Oh, and I guess uh, if if uh, they were in English, it would be nice to play more of the uh, the Turnico Mysterious Dungeon games that they had out there. There was one. There was like two or three for Turnico. Mm-hmm. And then there's one with Young Yangus, and that'd be mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We were talking about that last time. Liam and I both have both played the translated Super Nintendo one. Yeah, partially yeah, translated. At least the one translated. that I. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, um, it was enough to get through after yeah. having played the uh, PlayStation one. Yeah, you kind of have to play the PlayStation one first to kind of get the gist of it, I would think, but. Um, but yeah, the Super Nintendo one uh, was fun as well. I like the PlayStation one a lot better just because they add so many um, uh, nuances to like building weaponry that you get to keep. Um, and you can like combine, you can make a weapon stronger and then combine it with another weapon that has a special power and just like mold them to, together. Um, I think they had some sort of scrolls or something in the game, if I remember correctly. It means like if you get if you take damage, you get stronger. So like if you, if you get it, once you're in the like higher level dungeons of Torneco, uh, for PlayStation, like what, if you take, if you start taking hits from the heavy, heavy damage dealing monsters, it just jacks up your strength and you just become unstoppable. Um, and you can keep kind of building on that, um, with like molding, adding weapons and stuff together. So it's, I really like Torneco too. Um, it's even got some cool, um, musical variations of the Torneco theme, uh, as well as a little cool little like claymation intro. Oh, and for sure, probably the top of my list of a Dragon Quest game that I haven't played that I would love to play is Dragon Quest Four for the PlayStation One. Because oh yeah, yeah. I know there we have the DS version of it, we have the mobile version of it, but the the PlayStation version of it is beautiful, and I would love to play that like on a big screen TV. Mm-hmm. And that'd be an, an amazing experience, but unfortunately, there's no translation patch for that one. So maybe some of it. Yeah. Dragon Quest community, we need translators for that. <laughs> I think I think we'd been waiting on that one to get translated for a while, but I think uh, at the time, maybe the the PlayStation um, games were like really difficult to kind of. I mean, that's the sense that I got is that we we waited once the cancellation happened for somebody to translate it, and then. Like five years went by and nobody was able to like crack the code or do anything with it. There were plenty of people who would have jumped on that back in the days of like the NX forums and ever in the early like in like 2000, 2002 or whatever it was canceled. Um, but uh, but nobody ended up doing it uh, for whatever reason. I think it was just assumed that that it was too complex for some for someone to take on um, at the time. But uh, then we have the DS version, what, like five years later? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the DS version is is pretty much a straight port, but I hear you just being able to play it on a big screen um, would be uh, would be pretty amazing. Um, oh, great. And, and, and plus, that version has the party chat, which you can only, in, in English, you can only find that in the mobile mobile version right now. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know why that was taken out. Maybe it was... Just, it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. But well, um, it, was, yeah. it was so sad because, like, you had the Dragon Warrior 7 uh, manual 
that came with the game. They have the advertising <laughs> or hey, Dragon Quest Four for the PlayStation is coming out soon. And then the company that made the remake in Japan decided to quit. And with them quitting went all the code that they would need to localize it. And they weren't able to do it and had to cancel the whole project. Right. Yeah. I, I, we talked about this on Dwayne's podcast, too, because uh, Dwayne and I were both part of the old NX forums from, uh, you know, like around 1999 to 2002 or three. Um, and, uh, yeah, I remember like the fans were it, it was such an outpouring of like of uh, everyone was so upset that that um, so many people were just trying to get contacts at, at NX to try and get the code. Yep. as open source you know can we contact anyone is there anyone any ex heartbeat employees you know everything and just trying to get get something um to work on that's probably another reason why like it, it wasn't translated just because that was proprietary code that they weren't going to release regardless of whether or not the company was still together yeah i remember i i interviewed the pr guy at enix at e3 about that subject and he was able to give a pretty good explanation of why their hands were tied and why they just they weren't able to do it. They didn't have the, the people to be able to kind of get that code to crack it themselves. It would just be too much of an undertaking without hmm. the support. He's like, have you seen the binders, the Dragon Quest Seven binders? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. The party chat is, yeah, it would be, it would be a significant undertaking. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I and I thought about that when the DS games came out and... Dragon Quest Four came out and it didn't have the party chat. It seems like okay, we'll get we'll start giving you these DS games, but we're gonna kind of low budget it at right. least in that part. And I wonder if they heard the fans upset with that, mm. and then we got it for five and six, and then yeah, later for the mobile version. So uh, something I've never really heard like people say is like, oh, did we get it for five and six because people complained about it for four? But you know. You wonder about that. Yeah, maybe it was just them taking baby steps or something. Yeah, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. It's like, okay, we'll we'll start with that. And that was the one that really came out. It, it When they released it, the day it released in Japan, it already had the English in it. Because I remember at the time that I that was a big time of DS emulation right on the DS. I had the uh, little card that I could put in the DS and the day that Dragon Quest 4 dropped in Japan I somebody found the English was in there and modified the ROM and I was playing it the very next day in the United States nice. there were some things that were untranslated there was like a couple menus or something like that but for the most part it was all translated I mean we with, had to wait another 8 months chat? to get it not with the party chat no oh okay but when it released in Japan the cart actually had the English script on it. Huh. Was that in anticipation of, of completing an English version for Western release? I I guess so, but huh. yeah, I mean, I know I was playing it. It dropped in November of whenever, um, probably 2004, 5, 6, something like that. Whenever, about eight months before it came to the United States, I'd already played it. Now, the Dragon Quest V one did not because I actually, again, I still had my little card back then and I was very excited. And even knowing it was coming, I actually played through Dragon Quest V completely in Japanese on my DS with my little uh, flash cart. Nice. Yeah, I've, was I've never been able to do that because I know there's there's people that they'll play the Japanese version of a, a Dragon Quest game uh, just to play it. But I, I can't, I can't, without 
being able to see the dialogue and the story. Uh, it's yeah. Just, I, can't, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. I just wait. You know, like I, 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 I kudos to you guys who can like do all that. Like the Woodus had this like uh, <laughs> set up to play Dragon Quest Eleven, and it would, I think Google Translate was involved, and he had some sort of like other programs open, and it just right. seemed like a lot of effort. You know, I, it's as much as I want to play Ten, it's a lot of effort to 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 rig everything up to get that working and the VPN and the um subscription and everything and uh yeah yeah i'm in this <laughs> i'm in this boat with that with and like i can't like there's ways to do it but i just i don't want to go through all that but if it ever came out in english my life would be over that would be I would <laughs> yeah people that like god oh, they've lost all relationships uh, just oh yeah them. yeah yeah so they, i i i was reading an article to my wife about Dragon Quest Ten, because there was a guy in Japan whose life fell apart because he was playing it too much. His marriage fell apart, and he like lost touch with his daughter and everything. And it's just like, and my wife was like, uh, "Just don't do that." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was I was like, "All right, I'll 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 play it. If it comes out, I'll play it just in, just enough, and then when we get to that point, I'll I'll dial it back a little bit." Yeah, that's probably that'd probably be me. So it's probably a good thing that it hasn't come out. <laughs> has, has saved my life by Square Enix has saved my life by not releasing it anywhere else. So All right, Square. Enix. <laughs> but no, I would love to play that if it if it came out in English. That would be that'd be great. I definitely have a subscription and would play that all the time. Be great. Be fun. Nice. Um, so w- w- we were talking before about like favorite games and everything. Do you have a favorite character in in the series? If you had to pick one from four, eight, and eleven, or any other game, I would probably say um, the most entertaining character to me would be Yangus from Dragon Quest Eight, hmm. for sure. Like his, his yeah, uh, that's a good choice. His the way he goes about life is just uh, is great, and so <laughs> it's it's fun to see him react to everything in, in Dragon Quest Eight. For sure, and, and they've kept the same um, voice actor between eight, the remake, and is, is that right? Oh yeah, they have. And between the remake and uh, his appearance in Dragon Quest Heroes and, and things of that that nature, it's been the same guy. So it's been really good because it, it's a perfect voice actor for him. Right? Yeah, yeah, that kind of Cockney British accent. Yeah. Now I can't tell you who he is, but didn't somebody say he he looks the part too? <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> Just some <laughs> random discussion on the den or in the Dragon Questers Facebook. I I he swear I've like seen that before. He he looks like that. I I, I might have to Google that R- later. Ricky Ricky Grover is the uh, is the voice actor. Oh, that's right. Um, now I got to look up what he looks like. <laughs> I was gonna say I think we're all gonna pause the podcast here to go. Yeah, uh, right. Look up. Uh, he he yeah. is a he's okay. a British British stand up comedian. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind makes of sense, a larger yeah. guy with the. Uh, you know, two-day beer growth in most of these photos, so. <laughs> He's missing the scar, that. but, you know, there's time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Liam, do you want to get into your random open-ended question, or uh, should we go um, straight to Mary Thwack Puff Puff? Yeah, we can do a random open-ended question. So, uh, in the world of Dragon Quest Two, we probably should ask Dwayne this, but in, in Dragon Quest Two, why do you think aviator goggles are a thing when there are no airships? You got Middenhall and you got Kanek both have aviator goggles on their helmets. What, what's your thoughts on that? That's that's a very good question. Uh, maybe uh, they're just uh, hipsters that like to be stylish. 
Rehnquist? <laughs> well, I don't know. Hipsters didn't come out until eight. But, no. There's probably been hipsters at all points in history. They just don't look like our hipsters. No, I meant I meant the hipster monster, but oh, <laughs> oh, 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 went right over. Uh, yeah, that was the, yeah, the hipster monster. Hipster monster from eight. I meant nice, but nice. Uh, yeah, every time I see that in Dragon Quest Eight, I'm like fighting hipsters. I just I'm like, damn it, am I in Williamsburg already? <laughs> I mean, I guess they. I mean, they sure. I'm sure they came in handy when you finally get to fly on uh, what it would be Ramia in three or two. Sorry. No, you don't. Not in two. You don't. No, that's not two. That's three. Fly into it all. That's right. You don't get anything. You just get the ship. You get the ship. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I guess if you're on the ship, you use them. I, I yeah. It's hipster, hipster Dragon Quest heroes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the medieval hipsters. They, uh, they were definitely ahead of their time. Yeah. So I, Style okay, so we do have we do have a uh, um, Dragon Quest V themed Marithwack Puff Puff uh, for you since you you did see the movie, even though I know one of them is not actually in it because. But um, uh, all right, so our our Marithwack Puff Puff for you then is Bianca, Nira, and Deborah. Um, let's see. So it's it's Marithwack Puff. Well, definitely, I would say Puff Puff with Deborah. She, there you go. She's entertaining character to have in the mobile version, but uh, I don't know if I'd want to marry someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could handle that that abuse. Um, I would ha- probably say, hmm, marry Nara and Thwack Bianca. Wow! Wow! Thwack the childhood best friend. That's rough. I just I get sick of her reminding me about ghost hunting. <laughs> Remember that one time at band camp when we went ghost hunting? <laughs> Am I miss, mixing genres here? No, no, hair. no. I got I got the reference. It's the blue hair. You got, you got to go with the blue hair. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Captain America there for a second. Oh, I got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Okay, so uh, there we go. Uh, not a Bianca fan. Got it. Got it. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into Bianca a little bit and these brides, because uh, one thing we wanted to spend some time talking about now, moving on to Dragon Quest V. When we have a guest on, we want to usually talk about a game and just basically our experiences with it. Um, I'll give you a little two-cent synopses here. Dragon Quest V, um, we've mentioned it a couple times, it was out for the Super, Super Famicom in Japan, and it was going through the list, the first one that didn't come out in North America. We missed out on this um, back in the 90s and didn't officially get it until much later in its third iteration because uh, it came out for PS2 before it came out for the DS, and it was the third version of it that finally came to the United States. Um, this is definitely one of the ones I would say talking for all of Dragon Quest fandom comes up quite often as best story. There'll obviously be fans that uh, debate that, but uh, I, I think if you had that discussion, this would definitely be up there all the time. It's a generational story. You, the game starts out, you're a little kid traveling around with your dad. Um, one night, 
as we <laughs> just mentioned, you, you meet up with this little girl, Bianca, in a town you're in for a while, and you have some adventures in a haunted house. And that kind of just one little scene happens, and then you go with your dad to a castle town. He's working there. Um, and Prince Henry, right? Is Henry? Yeah. Yeah. He uh, goes and runs away, and through the adventures of finding you and Henry, and um, you meet up with this uh, Bishop Lodge guy who ends up uh, orchestrating your father's death. And you and Henry get taken into slavery, and the game fast-forwards 10, 12 years into the future, um, and you're now a typical, prototypical Japanese JRPG teenage boy, 16, 17, 18 years old, and you've been a slave for the majority of your life. You end up breaking free with Henry. You travel around together until he finds a hot princess to uh, hook up with. Or, wait a minute, now he, he gets uh, married to the nun? Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he falls in and, love with the uh, with the girl in the convent. I yep. don't I don't think she's a nun because they, no. they don't they usually don't marry. <laughs> or a hey, you never know. With... <laughs> yeah, but it, he leaves your party pretty quickly, and you're left to explore the world, wander the world, um, with monsters for a while because they they have monster recruitment in this. Um, after enough wandering around with monsters for a while, you go to this town and you're trying to collect legendary equipment like in many of the dragon quest games of the era um and you find one of the uh guy uh biscotti is his name in the ds version um the family name uh Br- briscoletti briscoletti it, it completely italian yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> at this point in the game and this is one of the the only times where you have to do this in a Dragon Quest game, but you get the option of getting married. And uh, you don't really get the option. You get well. You get options. You have options for marriage. For marriage, yes. You have yes. to get married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and throughout the course of that town storyline, you run back into the girl that you explored the haunted house with many years ago. Bianca is there, childhood friend. Uh, um, which one? That was Pendy still there? Oh, sorry, sorry. I was just, okay. I just threw in my, remember the time we went ghost hunting? Yeah. Yeah, I, I know a lot of times you hear like, oh, it's your childhood best friend, but right. yeah, I it feel was like... kind of that one time. Yeah, but the... <laughs> it's oversold. That, yeah, okay, I hear that. I hear that. But, um, but, but they then do the, uh... kind of guilt you into it, though, right? Like oh, they, they really do. They really yeah. try to, try to like, uh, just the something about the dialogue and like the way people talk. I don't really remember because it's She's been a not while. been living the best life, I think. Like her and her dad are kind of living in a town. Um, I think you got to get the key to open the floodgates at some point and around the storyline. And that's oh, you're talking you... about if you picked Nira. No, no, no. But Bianca, I think she's living in this town that's not very well off. Oh, okay. So I think that's part of the guilt trip. You get the well, we're not very well off and everything else, you know, remember the ghost hunting and whatever. But then, yeah, you've got the the guy who's uh, basically you're trying to get his shield or Zenithian helm from him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's got two daughters, at least in the remake. He's got two daughters in the original game. He had one, Nera. I think she was Flora in the fan translations, but um, officially translated, she's Nera. And then there's the uh, hot 
bitchy one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really? She is. <laughs> but Deborah's down there, and, like, it's Rough. funny how she comes into the game in the uh, DS version. She's like, because I guess it's kind of a spoiler. If you played the original one, you're like, okay, I'm going to have to pick between A or B. And then she just kind of comes down. She's like, well, why not me, too? You know, that could be an option. <laughs> uh, I'm better than my sister. Marry me. Her um, yeah, her her dialogue's great. And just if you pick her and going through the party chat for a while, it's it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I remember I remember hearing this on Puff Puff Hour how much they loved uh, Deborah or or Deborah just oh, to be De- <laughs> as they, as they, as they channeling Puff Puff Hour and their uh, yeah. Deborah. Um, but, but yeah, you know, how much they loved like her progression as a character, uh, in that she starts off like a pain in the ass and then you just start to build, uh, based on like party chat and events and stuff. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. it's done much better than what they did with, uh, Maribel and, and Dragon Quest seven. Cause yeah. I cause they're similar characters, but I can't stand Maribel. Maribel. Just oh annoyed, yeah. Annoys yeah me. Prob- but De- Deborah or Deborah, uh-huh. <laughs> Deborah. Is just hilarious, and like she does have a re- really nice progression of kind of softening up as it goes. Right. Yeah. There's one of those um, one of those times when it works. Like uh, you, you talk about um, uh, Maribel, but I also think of uh, Stella as well, where they didn't really develop her, so she just ends up being seeming more like a bratty kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Where, whereas if you look at you know someone like uh, Deborah or Veronica in 11 um they really took some time there to, to kind of develop um a backstory and like a reason why like the character is what they are yeah yeah definitely. i i could see veronica could have been with that maribel but they totally have more development there yeah i and love you, i love veronica's story her story yeah, arc in 11 you can tell how well they did with that character uh, based off of the fandom that she has too like there's you don't see a lot of people uh, complaining about Veronica. Like, there's a lot of people that like her character a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, to just to finish up a little synopsis of Dragon Quest V, you get married, you end up uh, getting pregnant, you know, in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Without you, staying at an inn, you, you suddenly just get pregnant. <laughs> yep. Um, at that part of the story, you're climbing the mountains to get back to your childhood kingdom. Um, you get there, she has babies. Um, and at this point in the story, you and her get, um, turned to stone. She gets kidnapped, I think, the night of the the birth or very shortly thereafter. And things happen in the story. You and her get turned to stone. I think one of the coolest things in the series is where you, you're turned to stone, you're a statue, and you see a family by you as a statue get put in the front yard and you have like a almost like a movie montage of the seasons passing and what happens to this family throughout the years and uh after many years you get found by uh what's his name sancho you're a loyal subject that has raised your kids that are now what eight nine years old so there's another fast forward into the timeline here and your kids come with you and suddenly you and Sancho you find your kids um, you have to go travel some more to find your bride and once that all happens you get to take on the big bad guy at the end which you know some demon lord just like in almost every Dragon Quest game and in a little surprise twist 
you're not the hero of legend because throughout the game when you're collecting the Zenithian gear, you can't actually equip it, if I remember correctly. That's true. You're you're not the legendary hero. Your son ends up being that. So after the time jump and all this stuff that you've collected, you finally have a party member that can use it. Which is weird, though, because there are twins, right? So yeah. they should both be the legendary hero. Well, you know, if get, this gets remade again, <laughs> we're not 1990s anymore, you know, we'll yeah. have a bit more uh, society progression and right. maybe either of them can do it. I, yeah, for a future version, I'd love to see, like, you know, maybe the hero, maybe you get to pick a different main character hero and you could pick Bianca and Nero to start the story and it just picks up in the beginning from a different um, perspective. Well, you know, I like, do. Sorry, I go be- ahead, Ben. Oh, I was, was going to say, I do want to add before I forget, um, the, portray- the portray- portrayal of Bishop Laja in the movie was fantastic. That was like one of the highlights of the film. I, I forgot to add that before. but Awesome. Was he just like creepy or scary or? A little a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like he's, okay. he's kind of a little crazy, kind of like maybe a little bit similar to uh, kind of like a Japanese version of the Joker, I guess. But uh, oh, very... Okay. Very, very cool to see him the way they portrayed him in the movie. Huh. So Kefka? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought of Kefka as like a version of the Joker, Japanese version. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the game in the nutshell. Uh, what are your memories of the game? What do you guys remember in your various playthroughs that you've done on various versions in the past? Pendy, go ahead and uh, start us off. What do you remember about this game the most? Well, I think uh, just it being generational generational was very amazing to me to be able to have the the get get married and then have the children and then go through that whole timeline that was a, a, a big part of the game that was a lot of fun so that was and, and then to see all the different events and not just that but like the fact that like you start out as a kid and you do all this stuff as a kid and then you end up being a slave and you do all those things as a, trying to get freed as a slave like the, the way it the timeline jumps and you get to do all these different things throughout uh, your life as, as a hero it's pretty cool so i really like that about about the game a lot it was, it was it definitely after four eight and eleven my favorite actually um next favorite would, would be five it's a, a really good story yeah definitely uh as i said i think it's always in the discussion and uh in talks of games that people really don't like i don't think i've ever heard like five at the bottom Usually not. Usually not. And the and the monster recruiting is is a, a fun part of the game too. Like you can get some really good party members um, with the monster recruiting. Like one of my favorite party members to get when I uh, do a playthrough of that game is the golem. He's usually oh, my yes. t- mm-hmm. my tank party. So I usually end up uh, getting him at the very least. One of the things that I remember about the original Dragon Quest V though was that you were limited to actually. Um, this game took a step back from a four-party um, mm-hmm. character slot, and and you just had three again. And the first time, this is the first time that's happened since Dragon Dragon Quest Two. Yes. Um, and it's kind of tough because in in a game with so many characters, where you could just have recruited so many monsters, but there's also so many human characters. Um, if you wanted to play, you know, it, it limits the amount. If you have if you have three character slots for per battle, um, and then you've got your your uh, Zenithian twins, uh, and like you you couldn't have a whole family 
um, battle yeah. at once. You'd have to swap them in and out of the, the wagon. And then the same thing with the monsters. If you have like a huge amount of monsters, you have to decide, all right, do I want, do I want to have the majority of my part, my three person party be humans or monsters? So um, I would definitely say that the best version, the best available version that you could play of this game is going to be the DS. I haven't played the PS2 version, but I know there's more content in terms of like the extra bride choice um, was added to the DS and mobile versions, whereas um, Deborah is not actually in the PS2 version. No, she's not. Yeah, the PS2 version is definitely the best looking, I think, of uh, all the different versions. Um, but then you have the, the additional bride and a little bit of content, I think, in the DS and the mobile version. So it's kind of it's kind of it's hard to pick between those two which one is the, the best as far as it, it goes for me. So have you played the PS2 version? I have. Um, that was really cool to uh, that we finally got a translation patch for that version of the game, which I know because uh, Dwayne was heavily involved in that one too. Yes, he was. Yeah, we were just talking about that. That, that I'll, I think that is the only fan translation I have not played. Oh, really? Thinking back to it now, yeah. I, I was just going through the whole thing. I was having to write up something for uh, RP Gamer the other day, and I, I, I now actually like. Hmm, I'm like, oops, I actually didn't play one fan translation. Oh, it's beautifully rendered in in the PlayStation Two. It's it's looks fantastic. Yeah, that's one of the ones that I picked up in Japan, along with the uh, Yangus uh, um, Dungeon Crawler for also for PS2. Um, but uh, but I yeah I don't have a, um, a Japanese PS2, so uh, I'll probably figure something out with a boot disc or something to try and play those at some point. Yep. Excellent, Liam. What uh, what are your favorite memories from Dragon Quest V? Um, I like the the whole like uh, like you were saying like the I like the intro um, with the ghost story, but I also like that whole montage of like through the years when you're a statue and like seeing like the family come in and uh, um, yeah, definitely how the, how the story arc picks up and builds. Um, and the whole thing is just a giant revenge story in in certain ways where like you're trying to track down your, um, your missing father a little bit in, in dragon quest three, or at least they, you know, that it, it feels like they took, some elements of Dragon Quest three and just like really punched it up and made it um, give it a lot more heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, only, it, the only disappointing thing about that game for me was the final boss, uh, him not really being a, a factor throughout the game. Um, it's one of those Dragon Quest games where it's like, oh, I'm the big bad guy, but I'm only going to appear at the last minute. And OK, here I am. Um, whereas you get Bishop Laja throughout the game, like if he had been like if they had just made him the final boss, like gone through some transformation, that would have been perfect. Then he would have been more similar to, say, uh, Sorrow in Dragon Quest IV, where you, like you interact with, see his uh, journey throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah that's I can a, definitely see that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, do you think it's like they were just kind of taking? Uh, cues from Dragon Quest Two because they they kind of did that as well. You know, they hint they drop some they name drop Malroth a couple of times in DQ Two, but he just kind of shows up randomly at the end after you take on Hargon. Yeah, yeah. So that possibly, yeah. I mean, Laja's at least that battles at least quite a bit before the end, I believe. Right in five, it's, uh, it's not exactly a one-two punch. 
It's it's no no. There's there's a. It's kind of like Dragon Quest three, where like you have um, Baramos, that Baramos, where you fight Baramos first before you go through that last part of the game. So mm. it's similar to that, where you fight once you fight Laja. I think you have like one more part of the game that you go through before you get to the end. Yeah, that, that's what I remember too. It wasn't back to back fights, but I mean it wasn't exactly far off either. Right. And it. That was one of the little annoying things right there, too, because I think after you fight Laja, you get your wife back, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And then, I mean, she's not with you a ton in the game, because once you get married, I want to say within, like, two or three hours of gameplay, she's pregnant and giving birth, and then you get turned to stone, and she's gone. And then once you fight Laja, get her back. Like you said, there's only, like, that one area maybe a dungeon or two, and then you're at the end of the game. Yeah. So the wife doesn't really get developed as a party member as much. I mean, obviously, she's a big part of the game. She determines your choice of a bride determines the hair color of your kids. Blonde, <laughs> <laughs> blue, or black. Yep. Uh, you definitely know who the mom is. Uh, there's no uh, <laughs> questioning that one. <laughs> so... Other than that, yeah, I just think as a party member, the wife doesn't exactly get developed. But, I mean, throughout the whole story, obviously, it's a, it's a big part of the second half of the game. Um, so I know you mentioned the Golem, uh, Pendy. What other monsters do you two like to recruit in the game? That's really, you know, I, I, I'll get monsters here and there throughout the game, and I might use them for like a little bit, uh, but mm-hmm. none stick out in my head usually i just stick with the golem and then like a certain human uh party party members i or think the rest is, isn't the king slime really good in this game if i remember correctly because the they have king cure they slime have, is I, I, that's what i'm thinking of the king cure mm-hmm. slime can get can cast omni heal yes yeah oh, so, man, I love- yeah i remember that i mean and you you have to wait till like you're really close to the end I think to recruit them, so you, then you have to spend some time grinding them up. But, but yeah, the King Cure Slime, anything with Omni Heal is going to be perfect. I mean, I, you don't really like Omni Heal, right, Platy? Oh no, I love Omni Heal. Oh <laughs> okay. Is, no, I'll be in every playthrough of that video game. I have mm-hmm. gone for the King Cure Slime. It is not an easy recruit, but I will grind on King Cure Slimes to get that one because Omni Heal even heals everybody in the wagon. Okay. Oh. So, I mean, oh, you nice. just, yeah, he's not someone that you need to have in your party at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just stick him in the wagon and, hey, if you've got a bunch of people getting injured, you can rotate them out. Yeah. And then when you're when it's time, you bring him in and cast Omni Heal. Everybody yeah. that's sitting injured in the wagon, because, yeah. I mean, you can switch people in and out any round, mm-hmm. like in a lot of Dragon Quest games. Yeah. And. So yeah, that is. I would say that is my number one. Um, early on in the game, I love the bad apples. They. I don't know why. That's just one of my favorite monsters in Dragon Quest V. Just the apple with the sharp teeth. Oh yeah, yeah. They actually I, had that in uh, Luida's bar. Oh really? Yeah. It was. It was um, like an edible. Uh, some edible artwork that they put on top of half an apple. <laughs> and and they cored out the apple. They took all the apple out, so it's just the apple skin, and there's ice cream underneath it. Ooh. Yeah. It was nice, I, but I was, like, surprised by the ice cream because I was like, wow, they just 
the, you know, Japanese food is usually really healthy and they just took all the health out of it and just <laughs> stuffed it with ice cream. <laughs> no complaints. I'm just, it was just surprising. Yeah. They saw me coming. <laughs> That's great. And I think the, uh, oh, the King here slime, that one, the slime Knight's pretty cool. He could just be like a party member cause he can equip just all the stuff that the humans can. Oh yeah. Usually mid game. I have the slime Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a very yeah. dependable character. Yeah, he he's with you right, or you can get him right around the time when you literally have no other human members. Yeah, when uh, Henry's gone off to get married, and before you've got your bride, it's just you and the monsters for a little bit. So uh, we've gone through Liam. You, I don't know if you've uh, mentioned your best wife option in this game. Um. If you had to marry Thwack Puff Puff, these three. <laughs> I would probably Thwack, uh, thwack uh, um, Deborah, just based on just based on overall attitude. Um, uh, Nira's probably a marry, and then Bianca's a Puff Puff. All right, all right. So, so I, I mean, I do, I did like Reign of Pain in um, in Dragon Quest Heroes. Oh, yeah. With Bianca, I just I, like I didn't find Nira as useful with the little bubble magic, but uh, <laughs> but um, and I know I think I think I got to a debate with with maybe with um, Zachary about this Yangus uh, oh. the Legendary Bandit um, about whether or not like a uh, Bianca was was better than Nira in Heroes, but yeah, just the rain of pain and just like showering down arrows that just do. Uh, massive distance damage. Um, oh, I'm 100% with you there. She's the one who got me um, to level 99 in yep. the first Dragon Quest Heroes. Yeah, same here. And selecting all the... Uh, and the, the mini medals, getting too. all the mini medals, yep. yeah. <laughs> nope, uh, I'm 100%. I, she never left my party in that game. Yeah. That, there, there's and, a cool tie-in with five. So Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there is. And then I was going to just say... Going on to Dragon Quest Heroes 2, I always had one of my two characters, um, because they can have the different classes, one of them was always had Reign of Pain. I swear, that move is just the number one move in Dragon Quest Heroes for me. <laughs> I, I love the distance damage there. Yeah. But, uh, um, so, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say in, uh, um... There's a there's a tie-in with five where the the um, the two potential wives are talking about you know there's a special someone that they're you know, they're both vying for and you can tell that at that point in time um, they've been pulled out of Dragon Quest Five before yeah the, the night before, before the wedding right yeah before the wedding so like all of this is happening to them like once you get married that like the events of Dragon Quest of heroes have already happened in dragon quest five, technically speaking from a, you know, from a timeline perspective. Nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, if I... No, so get good. I was going to give my Mary Thwack puff puff. Oh yeah, please. Um, I, I would take Deborah as the puff puff going back to what Pendy said, but I, I would switch. I'd go, uh, Mary Bianca and, uh, Thwack Nera. I, uh, I'll, I've never enjoyed Nera as a party member or as a character in any of the games, sadly. I, I know she's at least got a, quite a bit of fans, but I, I feel like she was always... I, I know you're kind of guilted into Bianca, but you had no history. You just show up, and this guy's like, hey, do you want to marry my daughter? Right. Not Well, <laughs> not, the, only, 
She's no. got somebody in the game too. There's yes, like I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. They they they, yeah. they guilt you in another way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you screw over that poor guy that really loves her and yeah, and <laughs> yeah and I mean, bro code. You can't do that. Not to yeah. an NPC. <laughs> Not to some random old dude that you're never going to see again. I mean. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever done a narrow playthrough of Dragon Quest V. I think it's always been Bianca or Deborah just because she's hilarious. <laughs> nice. I, I, I ended up going back and playing through uh, uh, the Super Famicom versions for both wives and... Uh, for for Flora or Nira, I actually ended up doing the bonus dungeon with her. Um, okay. And uh, um, same thing with the DS version, just going through uh, uh, all three wives. And my next playthrough is going to be mobile. So mobile's got another thing I wanted to bring up. The uh, Were they called the TNT boards in this one? Or was that the three version of it? And now there's something else? Uh, where it's like a Pachisi track? or Yeah, that's it. That's what they call them in 5, the Pachisi. Yeah, yeah, Pachisi's in there, yeah. How do you it's like in, that? It's in the mobile version? Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. Because it, the mobile's just basically a port of the uh, DS. Oh, man, I don't remember. If it, if that's in the DS version, I, I'm I'm mixing it up with 3 right now for Famicom, oh. Super Famicom. Well, you're right, because in 3 Super Famicom, it was there, but in the mobile version, it was out. It wasn't, yeah, along with Monster Animations, but that's a sensitive subject for another time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Speaking of monster animations, we're going to get into this for just a brief second. There's no monster animations in the 2D version of Dragon Quest XI. Oh yeah, I saw that, but I'm actually I'm okay with that. It's, it's... I, I'm okay too. I, I I'm doing 100% 2D playthrough. I'm going to put in the 70, 80 hours, whatever, completely in 2D because I, I'm actually someone who I I hate replaying games. I actually in everything. I don't reread books. I don't rewatch TV shows. I don't rewatch movies. Um, and I actually will play Dragon Quest games when they get reported. Um, but this game being a year ago and me sunking on a hundred hours into the 3D version of it, obviously I bought the game again. But I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to play this again. I'm going to do it in the 2D way. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going nuts with this game. Like I did. I platinumed the PlayStation 4 version when that came out. And then when I uh, start playing the Switch version, uh, I plan to do a 2D run and then also a 3D run with the Japanese voice acting just to see how that is. Oh, nice. That'll be good. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that too. Um, I really liked playing through like the Ark the Lad series had the uh, Japanese voice actor. I think I think it only had Japanese voice acting for the first three games. Um and uh, and I, I really like that aspect of it. Like it's the text is all translated, but like the attack um, sounds and stuff, or little sound clips are all in Japanese. Yeah, yeah, I like the, the dub for Eleven, but I just I think it'll be interesting to to play it again and just see how the Japanese voice actors handle it as well. Nice. And that's new even for Japan because they didn't have voice acting originally, did they? That's true. Yeah. We got it. We got it. They didn't. And now they finally got it with the Switch version. Yeah. So even more of a uh, worldwide simultaneous release, the uh, Japanese acting for both of us. Nice. Yeah, I, I, um, I am hoping to someday get a Switch and play this. I 
made one or two uh, complaints on, I think, every single podcast we've done so far. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm loving like all the screenshots and everything, and and even seeing one through three re released. Um, and uh, and I'm just kind of living through you guys right now who are playing it on the Switch, and uh, and looking forward to someday being able to do that as well. Yeah, I got the. Uh, I was talking with uh, Platty before we started recording. I got that Dragon Quest Special Edition Switch that they came out with, the Dragon Quest theme Switch. Oh, nice, uh, the blue one. Yeah, I wasn't able to, to ship it here though, so I had to ship it to my dad's place in in America. So it's waiting for me to uh, to play once I get back to America at the, at the end of the month, and I can start my two uh, D run. Cool. Your dad and uh, what's his address again? Oh, it. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, I think the plane ticket for you uh, it will probably be more than just going out and buying yourself. Yeah, that's true. Switch. That's true. <laughs> so, all right. Is there anything else you guys wanted to say about Dragon Quest V? I did have one thing just because uh, I, one of the things I was going to say before is that there's time travel in it, and I like time travel stuff. There is. That's right. I like how it's handled, too. There's uh, some certain scenes uh, in the time travel uh things that are very that are very iconic for the game yeah i wonder you yeah i haven't gotten very far into the whole uh tick talkington tickington whatever the time travel in uh dragon quest 11 the the tackles that's it yeah yeah that they've uh that were in the 3ds version um where you get to visit lands from previous dragon quest games that'd oh, be interesting good. i haven't i haven't visited but two or three of them so far. Um, that'd be cool if that goes back to that time in Dragon Quest V, uh, and if that's part of it. Because yeah. uh, from what it seems like, I've been there to the town a couple times, and there's going to be three different times that you go into each game. Oh, nice. okay. Awesome. So oh, that's cool. Does it, does it handle versioning? Like like uh, when you go back to five, are you in the in the um the ds version or are you in like it's all 2d the, it's all 2d so it looks more like the super famicom version correct and it's oh, that for everything yeah like, uh, i was saying the other night i visited the dragon quest 9 area and <laughs> I got a nice uh sprite picture of aquila nice nice yeah uh, angel so if i can do a little perler I'm looking forward to. I really hope. I swear, I've seen a screenshot of like Jessica from behind. Mm -hmm. um, there's a screenshot, and it was part of the original promotion stuff of the uh, the area in Dragon Quest Eight, Dragon Quest Eight, where the saber cat is. Okay. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's got that building that looks like the big cat head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And I swear, Jessica was either seen sideways or behind from there. Um, so I have hopes that I'll get some official Dragon Quest VIII 2D sprite art from this game. Uh, nice. Okay, yeah. I like uh, I like the um, the fact that they put it into like the 16-bit graphics, though. Like I think that's that's pretty awesome. I, like when you're going back uh, um, to the to visit the other lands. Like we were talking about time travel before. One of my uh, one of my favorite time travel games was Space Quest IV. Um, for the, uh, it was this, an old Sierra adventure game uh, for PC, and in it you actually time travel back to one of the to Space Quest One, 
and you go into this like it's an homage to like the Star Wars bar or whatever. And oh, that's uh, cool. And, and and you when you go when you time travel back like all of a sudden the the rich graphics just turn into like so your your character sprite looks good but everything else looks like the crappy Space Quest One graphics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I always thought that was just a hilarious throwback to like how things have changed like how you could have a, a, a modern looking character sprite just walking around like a crappier version of, the, of like an older game and just being like, what the hell? Which is what some people are saying about the switch ports of Dragon Quest 1 through 3. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, they upscaled the sprite images for the characters in Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3. Okay. But they didn't do anything with the backgrounds. Oh, the NPCs are... I don't know if the NPCs are upgraded to. I don't know. Pendy, have you seen any of those images? Uh, I've just I've seen some of the screenshots, but uh, without actually playing them, I, I'm not sure um, how bad it is. Because I've I've heard that too. I mean, because what they are is they're they're ports of the mobile versions, is what they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Which yeah, themselves I'm... were pretty much ports of the super Nintendo versions, but I think they did upgrade some of the animation in them and some of the spells. Like I, I've seen some footage of the, um, of how three plays in the Japanese version. Um, and it looked, it looked significantly like they did. They tweaked up the graphics and, and made it more, um, just made it better looking. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't really port the, uh, the, the S, uh, super Famicom versions. They unfortunately kinda... no, Yeah. Yeah, they did their own graphical interface for the mobile versions for yeah. uh, one, two, three, four, like four, five, and six are basically straight up ports of the DS versions, but one, two, and three mm-hmm. are kind of their own thing. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, that's because they were mobile versions years ago. Yes, like yeah, eight, nine years ago, long before we got like the ones that came to the United States. Yeah, true. That was when we got. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're yeah. they're like iPhone one, iPhone two. Kind of <laughs> <Right>. technology, <laughs> um, but yeah, they did end up taking out the mon- monster animations. There's a lot. It was pretty much a straight port of the Super Famicom version, with like some of the mini games I think stripped from it, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and monster animations. And and ever since that happened, in like maybe like ten years ago or so, they they never added it back in. No, no correct. That's the only. That's the only mobile port. Uh, that I was not a big fan of because of because of that that I mean it's still it's Dragon Quest three it's amazing I got to play it on my phone yeah. but it was not as it was not done as well as the other ports were so yeah correct it's the only thing that something's you feel like this isn't the best version right yeah yeah you know officially still... that's the best probably Dragon Warrior one Dragon Quest one and two that we've got oh for sure. in English yes. Mm. I'd still be interested in, in checking out and buying like all of these versions, regardless of whether or not, you know, I know that there's a different version that, you know, cause I still want to be able to play a DQ oh, yeah. game on, on my, uh, uh, is it out for Japan on PS4 as well? Yes, okay. it is. But we don't know if there's going to be a, a PS4 or you, uh, Western release. No, no idea. There's no indication whatsoever that they're going to do that. Okay, because this was a uh, Nintendo specific. Yeah. Right. So I'm mm-hmm. push. We were able to get that. So I'm definitely going to pick up all, all three of them once I get my Switch. I'll get one, two, and three, and, and play them. It'll be great to do that. Yeah. Oh, see. So to... 
I, this is a thing. I, I do need to buy it eventually. I do want it. I want to have it on my Switch, and hopefully I get my kids interested enough in the games that they'll want to play them as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my kids, I mean, my six-year-old, when he was three, he was playing Dragon Quest Heroes, and once I hit level 99, I just handed him the controller, and he's actually gone through and done many of the areas, and there was a there was a month about six months ago where my wife would text me every afternoon be like he wants to play it again and i'm like he knows how to turn the ps4 on and everything and he does the final boss battle and it's just so awesome for him to be like i beat a dragon quest game (laughs) and as i was talking with Dwayne, i mean they love looking at the art book but you know they've not really done any of the turn-based sitting through there picking the menu commands games they just had a fun time watching me play through uh, Slime Mori Mori 3 that I did uh, last month. And I can't remember where I said it, but that I think is, or maybe I tweeted it out, that uh, it's my favorite memory with my kids so far in gaming. Because nice. that last boss, I fought probably 20 times. Um, luckily, talking to the translators a few weeks ago... Um, they gave me some hints, like what I needed to do recruitment-wise, and I did a little bit of more grinding, and I think about three or four tries after that podcast, I was able to finally beat that thing, because it's a huge difficulty spike. Huh. I want to say I did the main game in 16 hours, yet I beat the final boss at about the 22-hour mark. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, but, unfor- yeah, just go ahead. I was going to say, unfortunately, I don't have any... Uh kids of my own that I can get into Dragon Quest and uh, I've tried with my cat but he doesn't seem too interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just stick so. some uh, catnip inside a slime plushie. There you go. <laughs> um, so I actually had a I had a, a similar moment this morning with my son. I was um, I, I was in bed and he jumps in and, and we're flipping through photos on my phone and uh and as I'm flipping through photos, it gets to the point where I have like screenshots from that I've taken from Dragon Quest IV, um, the mobile version. And it's a screenshot of uh, um, of Torneco at his shop. And uh, and my son's immediately like, uh, uh, like pointing at the game, <laughs> like like I want to play this, I want to play this kind of thing. But he can't he can't say that yet. So he's just like pointing. He's like he's like this this. Um, so I had to turn the game on and, uh, I'm in chapter five now. Um, still recruiting. I think I just recruited Torneco, um, in chapter five and, uh, and I'm going around in the ship exploring areas and, uh, and he just loved watching it and it, it's cool. just, yeah, it's just such a, it's like a, it's a great feeling to be able to pass on something that, uh, that's like a really big part of of you to and just see somebody else like um get excited to uh, mm-hmm. well i mean that's one reason i'm ready really excited for the mobile dragon quest of the stars because my wife will uh, sit and she'll she'll mobile game as much as i will sit and play with the switch and with our ipad my sons like to do mobile games and there's a couple of them even today he was like daddy can i have like just 30 minutes i just want to play one game i need to catch up to where mommy is in the game i want to get to that level and beat this boss and 
I was like, oh, man, if only I could get you to do Dragon Quest like that. <laughs> so uh, I, I've talked to my wife. I'm like, so when this comes out next year, we got to get it. You know, you got to give it a try. And both of us will. I bet Brady will want to play it if uh, we uh, if we're both playing Dragon Quest of the Stars as a mobile game. And my wife kind of like rolled her eyes a little bit. She's like, oh, I'll give it a try. Whatever. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough that um, I have a, a girlfriend who's Korean. And she just started playing uh, Dragon Quest XI on the PlayStation 4. Um, they have a lot of the newer Dragon Quest games out in Korean. So she's playing it in her native language. And uh, she's really into it. And it's a, it's a, an amazing experience to, uh, to talk with her about that. And she'll come to me for advice, like, what do I do for this boss? And that kind of thing. And it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. Is it, are there Korean voice actors in it? Or um, is it just the Japanese voice acting with the... Oh, uh, well, which... it's based on the, the the Japanese version, so there's there's uh, no voice acting. Oh, just... right, because it's PS4. Yeah, so they're just the Korean gotcha. uh, Korean language for when they're when they're talking. Okay, but no, but no voice acting for that one. So I wonder. I'm guessing it's coming out for the Switch in Korea as well. So I'm wondering. I'm wondering what they will do with that. Whether they'll get Korean voice actors or just to have like the Japanese cast with the Korean subtitles or what. That'd be interesting to see. I'll have to, I'll have to find, mm. figure that out. And that's what's going to help me uh, learn Korean as well, because I know some Korean, but I'm, I'm still working on it. And they released uh, the Final Fantasy Dragon Quest Fortune Street game uh, for the PlayStation 4 in Korea. Unfortunately, not in, in the West, but for Korea they did. So it's something we can play together, and it can help me learn the language. So that'll be great. Awesome. Th- those are I- I've enjoyed those games. That's one of the ones that I've beaten completely i think it was uh final fantasy and dragon quest that was on the ds oh yeah together and uh that's that's one of the few games that i've beaten completely in japanese i I had a guide for which cards were which and luckily it was not a very long game i I mean i just beat it till i rolled the credits probably seven or eight hours into it through the boards i never played it very extensively but when it came out as fortune street here i loved that Oh, that was a lot of fun. That'd be something to uh, put on the Switch and have on Nintendo online services. Be able to yeah. play against other people. Yeah, because you could do that with the Wii version. You could play people online. Yeah. Yep. I remember we play, did that. I don't, I don't remember that. You can play Fortune Street online? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. We had a quest on the den for that. One of the contests was uh, get online, play someone, and you know, post a picture that you were doing it, post the results. So I remember doing that, waking up like early on a Sunday morning to play with some guy that I'd posted on the den. Like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, is there anything else Dragon Quest related we want to uh, talk about tonight? Anything you've been playing lately? I know we've talked about most of the latest releases now. Uh, Neither of you guys have played Builders 2. So, uh, and I I have. I just. Yeah, I played I played some of Builders too, but I'm I think I'm oh, in like yeah I, I'm I'm in the first um, island that you sail to that has the uh, uh, the farm on it. So oh, yeah. I'm like yeah. I'm in the very beginning of the game. I barely uh, barely touched um, much of the story, unfortunately, uh, just due to like uh, other things going on in life right now. 
Um, but the time I get to game the most for DQ uh, is definitely on my phone as I'm waiting for the bus at Port Authority to take me either <laughs> to New York or to ba- or back home to Jersey. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we've talked about the mobile ports and uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, so, if I if I do get a switch, I'll be able to play that on the bus to and from. That'll be amazing. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, I guess the only other thing coming up that we've even known about for Dragon Quest is uh, we do Dragon Quest of the Stars, but still waiting on more information on that Dragon Quest Monsters with Eric. Oh, I know, right? I hope we finally get that because we have not gotten a Dragon Quest Monsters game in the West in a very long time. Uh, we missed out all the games on the 3DS, and it's it's been horrible. That like even though I'm I'm not personally into it, I like I feel for the fans that like you know that love that series so much that we haven't been able to play that. Thankfully, there's been some fan translations that came out recently for some of them, but they, we they they need to bring that back, and I think that would be a good one to bring it back with. Yeah, I mean, especially it seems like we're getting everything for the Switch. There's not been a Dragon Quest Switch release that we haven't got yet. So oh, heroes. Heroes 1 and 2. Oh, that's true. That's true. But at least we have those games on uh, PS4. But yeah, I know they added, what, Ragnar to the... uh... I would love to play with Ragnar. That'd be great. So, but yeah, I mean, it it looks like on the upswing, we're getting a mobile game. I mean, who would have thought that we'd ever get a Dragon Quest mobile game officially released? Oh, yeah, that's... I was was completely shocked by that news. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea. I didn't think they'd do it. I thought... There was no way that any of those mobile games would come out to the West. And now we're getting the, getting that one. So that's great. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all either. I think a lot of it has to do with the increased attention that that uh, Eleven has been getting. And then uh, the fact that we've got uh, he, the Dragon Quest heroes in, in the um, Smash Ultimate and, and just all the increased attention from that, where you've got the Smash fans checking out Dragon Quest for the first time. Yes. Um we were so, just yeah. playing that earlier today, as uh, Liam, you're texting me this evening. Um, all four of us, my two sons and my wife, were playing Smash, and I think it's the first time she's played it in like a couple months. We played it a lot when we got it over spring break, and mm-hmm. my wife played quite a bit, and she hasn't played so much the past couple months. So she was even like, well, who's this person like all three of you are using? <laughs> my wife always just plays random she likes kirby and did kirby for like an entire month and now she's like i just gotta i want to learn everybody else so she always picks random yeah. and i think for maybe a half an hour straight my two sons and i were just hero 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 nice can you do can you do on like a four-player battle of each and just each pick a different dq hero yes yes you can that's that's gotta be awesome to watch so uh and I mean, you can even do it because there's each hero's got two different colors. So, like, there was one battle. Oldest son and I were both the Dragon Quest Four hero. So there's a recolor what's, for each one. What's the alternate color? It's just it's like a non-canon. Oh no, he looks like uh, he looks like the Dragon Warrior one hero. He's colored with the orange and the blue. Oh okay. And yeah, uh, the one the Dragon Quest Eight heroes recolor makes him look like um, the Dragon Quest V hero because he's got white and purple. Um, one of them is recolored to look like Terry. Oh, that's interesting. And oh, I can't remember what the other one is. It, it's but, uh, yeah, they... it's the, the name. It's uh, Why can't I think of names right now? So there's 
Jessica Yangus, and then the the Angelo. Angelo, right? Yeah. Yep. Angelo, yep. I think. Yeah. So they did four different character models, and I, I was reading. I've read somewhere too that you know they really would have liked to do eight different heroes, but you know that's a lot more character models, a lot more time, um, a lot more doing that. But yeah, they made four different models, and then the recolors for all four reference other people throughout the time throughout the games nice so yeah it's it's a nice set of eight and i i did get to do as my kids call it the special trick the final smash or whatever it is uh, I, I never played a smash game before this one ever <laughs> um really but it, really no, no I, I didn't like the n64 or the gamecube version neither huh um and honestly i mean one of the big reasons we ended up getting the uh, switch this spring was my son went and played Smash somewhere, and I was like, "All right, it's time to introduce him to Mario Kart and Mario Party and Smash." Nice. And these are all the games my wife and I would play together too. And yeah, I was like, I "All love... right, let's just get the Switch and buy the extra controllers, and all four of us can game together with some of this stuff." Yeah, I love that Mario Kart Eight Deluxe uh, for the Switch. My my buddy has that, and uh, I, I just love all the access to. Um, new and classic uh, stages. I love the Excite Bike oh, one. God, there's so many of them. Yeah. Is there eight, eight times four? There's like 32 different boards. <laughs> yeah. It, it's even... insane how many there actually are. Yeah. There's. I mean, I'll go back and play with them, and I'll be like, oh my god, I don't even remember the stage. Have we ever played this one before? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. This is kind of an apropos of nothing, but like, uh, I I just had this kind of memory. Uh, jump into my head of, of Pendy and I um, uh, in Japan playing uh, Dragon Quest uh, Arcade Machine. Uh, it was the monster battle scanner at the uh, Yodobashi Akiba in, uh, in Akihabara. Um, and we were just kind of, again, we were bumbling through it. Um, I think I tried and was unsuccessful and then Pendy played it and you ended up actually winning a card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually got really into that. I uh, I don't know. I think it was the next trip after that. I found one of those games in an arcade, and like I just sat down and played it for like a good hour or so, and got all sorts of cards. And I was able to win. It was they were doing a Dragon Quest two theme at the time, mm-hmm. so the card to win was the Dragon Quest two party. So I won that. And when you use that ability and use that card. Um, all three Dragon Quest two heroes come out and do like this big fancy special move attack, which is awesome. That's awesome because that's the type of thing. Where, like, I'd love to get that arcade machine. Like if I if I ever become you know independently wealthy or you know win lotto, all that, all the you know living the dream and all that. Uh, I'd love to actually buy one of those arcade machines. But there's got to be a limited amount of those cards that they have in each. You know. You yeah, wouldn't exactly. have a. You'd have to have a supply of those cards to like put into because the the, depending on how well you do, they they'll actually print out or sub, uh, spit out cards that you get to keep. Yeah, so they have basically like a blank roll, and they they just print them out as as you go, depending on what you get. Yeah, yeah. Which one did you get? You got like the the ghost, right? Yeah. From the first Dragon Warrior game. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. Wow. So much stuff that uh, Japan only. It is, but it is getting better, so that's nice. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I talking about, uh, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I have definitely mentioned it a bunch of times in the forums. Um, and anytime anybody brings up like, wow, I wonder if we're going to get Dragon Quest Nine, 
I'm like, I'm I'm banking on that. If there if I could go to Vegas and put down a hundred dollar bet on will we see Dragon Quest Nine on yeah. the Switch, I'm a hundred percent convinced we will, and I'm a hundred percent convinced it'll come west. Yeah. So uh, it's the only game in the entire series they've not uh, remade or done anything with. And you know they will. You know. Yeah. yeah right. You know right. Actually, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm pretty confident if if we're seeing references. Um, saying you know if we're seeing official references saying like you know what would you do if nine was remade or what what party would you get for nine then uh i think that's that i think that's kind of like code for you know it's it's coming so platy get yeah, you, I don't, but get I don't your stamp ready that if they haven't already had it in the works well i was gonna say had or it at least, least in discussion to to potentially mm-hmm. do based on the amount of of uh, fan response to it but um yeah i i think that's a it's a safe bet like like you said if you're gonna go to vegas or you know part of lore <laughs> and you know the way that online gaming is these days it's a lot different than it was 10 years ago with the ds um you, you should easily be able to play this game online with other people yeah with have a friend code and meet up and you're playing the game together yeah, it, I mean, it's not it's exactly good. Call of Duty or Madden football, and those games uh, play just fine online. You should be yeah. able to uh, play a turn-based battle system. <laughs> Silk Wizard did it, uh, you know, in 1999 with like Dragon Warrior Online. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I 100% see that eventually coming. May it be two, three, four years down the road. May it be like the last thing ever to come to the uh, Switch. <laughs> You know, sometimes the way that their pacing goes is a little questionable, but I, I I can't see that they would never remake that. Yeah. Here we've sat here tonight and talked about the three plus versions of Dragon Quest V. Alrighty, I think that's about enough discussion for tonight. Thank you, Pendy, very much for joining us. Thank no you. All the all the way from Korea. All <laughs> the way from Korea. This was a. Uh, our first episode that was simultaneously recorded on two different days. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Although looking at the time, Liam and I, we're, we've now caught up to Pendy. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're, now we're, we're both in Sunday, but we started <laughs> recording in Saturday. Nice. So, all right, everyone, you might've noticed something missing from this podcast so far. Um, any mention of Patreon or other ways to donate to uh, Liam and I. And don't worry, we're not going to mention that right now or ever. Um, we're just a couple longtime fans that want to speak about the game series we know and love so much. But if you are so moved, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den um, at www.woodus.com backslash den and go ahead and click on support the site. The owner, Brian, or Woodus, has owned and maintained that site for over 20 years, and I'm sure he would appreciate any donation if you don't want to uh, just flat out give him a dollar or two dollars or three dollars or five hundred dollars. You can always click on his Amazon affiliate link uh, to make purchases. There's a lot of Dragon Quest games on there for you to purchase right now. The Heroes games, the Builders games, Dragon Quest Eleven, Dragon Quest Eleven definitive edition the s for the uh switch so if you're going to be buying on amazon anyway it doesn't cost you anything extra to use his affiliate link and go ahead and order it and if anyone has 500 dollars to randomly donate to the den then i really will create a, P- a patreon for uh for a switch <laughs> <laughs> all right well, I, 
What's that? We have no shame. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> By the way, advertisers, if you want to get on here, go ahead and hit us up. Yeah, I need switch money. <laughs> um, if uh, if you have any comments or questions about for us, you can find us on Twitter at Platy. M3 or at Riamu Celestrian or hit us up simultaneously at DQ Slime Time. Um, consider joining in uh, tons of dis- of uh, Dragon Quest discussions at Dragon's Den forums. Uh, perhaps one of the few remaining not dead forums on the net. Um, find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at www.woodis.com slash forums. Yeah, we'd like to thank everyone that made this possible, like Pendy tonight and Liam. Um, and also Brian, a.k.a. Woodus, for his support of the series and this podcast and keeping the Dragon's Den's lights on for a couple decades now. And special thanks to um, Descendants of Erdrick, who did the opening and closing theme for the podcast. Um, and much appreciated, uh, much appreciation to them for allowing us to use the music in our in our podcast. Uh, Descendants of Erdrick is a video game tribute uh, band out of Austin, Texas. And if you like what you've heard, check them out. Most recent album, Advent, is is available on uh, com, Or you can check them out on Twitter at D of Erdrick. Or go see their band leader, Amanda LaPree, live on tour as a guitarist for Andrew W.K. Excellent. And Dwayne Bullock, who is our wonderful graphic artist and a star of the previous episode of our podcast we want to thank him for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast um Duane was also on the original iterations of the slime time podcast as well as our last episode but you can check out more of his work um on instagram at Dwayne art or his web art his website at duanebullockart.bigcartel.com and finally, if you're looking for more DQ podcasts, check out our uh, earlier episodes or log onto Dragon's Den for the original Slime Time podcast brand. Um, also, there's a couple of other great podcasts out there like the um, uh, Dragon Quest FM and Puff Puff Hour. Um, Puff Puff is one that I made a, uh, a guest appearance on for the Dragon Quest Nine multiplayer. Um, both uh, both podcasts are great any any dragon quest podcast is worth listening to so please uh if you haven't already give them both a listen as well yes all right pendy again thank you very much for being on thanks so much and liam oh oh sorry no go ahead pendy i'm sorry i just wanted to put in a little plug for the dragon questers facebook group that i'm an admin for a great place for dragon quest fans to come and discuss dragon quest uh everything uh, that you can think of on Facebook as well. Oh, definitely. I, I've been yeah. a member of that for, gosh, three, four, maybe even five years. And you guys were a big inspiration to get me to do the turn-based group because uh, there's so many more awesome games out there besides Dragon Quest. I mean, maybe there there's are. a few other ones. <laughs> other games exist. Let me just leave it at that. Other games exist. Whether you choose to explore those games or not. But, uh, right. yeah, I that's why I started the... Uh, turn-based group because i'd been part of dragon questers for so long and i'm like well you know what if i wanted to talk about this or that and so but yeah, was, dragon questers was, hit them up that was a great idea because that didn't exist before you created it just to have a turn-based group was nice mm-hmm. um and we also you know we didn't say this the last time but uh, or we didn't say that 
this time we've said it on every other podcast, <laughs> but please check out uh, the Dragon Quest Builders group on Facebook if you haven't already. Their designs are absolutely amazing and put all of our dirt castles to shame. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pendy, when you get into the series, you'll have to uh, let us know whether you are on the uh, Liam and Matt dirt castle side or on the hey we're going to create the entire map of zelda side <laughs> craziness yeah the stuff in that group is just whew, amazing amazing and uh with hopes that we'll get a uh western release still i I'm, I'm holding out hope for dragon quest your story uh thanks so much pendy for coming and talk to us about it um no i'm gonna Totally, if that ever gets a, a, a Western release, I'm totally um, going to hassle whoever I have to to maybe be a voice actor as a slime on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> about, I'll be a background slime. I'll just make slime noises in the back. I'll create a demo tape just for that. <laughs> something tells me you might do that whether or not it comes here. Uh, or I may have already done that. I already have. <laughs> I'm not going to say I haven't. <laughs> But uh, thank you so much, Pendy, for for being here today and uh, all the way um, on the other side of the planet. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, talk to you soon. For sure. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. All right. This is Slime Time, sliming off. Have a good one, everyone.